I'm Justin. I'm the <clears throat> associate pastor at El Bethel, and it's my privilege to introduce uh, Dr. David Mills. And with the spirit of thanksgiving, I just want to say I'm so grateful for God giving us, Dr. David, uh, for this season. Um, while we are without a pastor, uh, do, um, Keith and I were talking about who we would get to come speak this year, and normally we pick one of the pastors. And I told Keith, I was like, man, while we got him, let's use him. You guys need to hear him. So uh, he's headed out on a, a little trip tomorrow, a little day trip, I hear. I don't know. He's headed to Israel. And uh, so we need to say a prayer for him. But I just wanted to take some time to let you know he is a great man. And we have thoroughly enjoyed him. He is a real man in the sense that um, when he tells, the, tells his applications and everything, he, he says he's right there with you, linked arms, struggling with you. And the uh, same things that we go through, he goes through. And for a man of God to, to speak to us on that level and just brings the truth. Uh, it's so important in today's time to have a man of God who preaches the truth. He tells you like it is, straight from God's word. And uh, we at El Bethel have thoroughly enjoyed him. <clears throat> and we know that the end is coming, um, but we are so grateful for the time that we've had him, and we kind of hope he'll stick around for a little while. But anyway, David, uh, if you'll come on up. And we also thank his wife, Miss Debbie, for being here. Lovely lady, and she is just like my wife. It's kind of creepy how much they have in common. Thank you, my friend. I don't think he meant to say they were creepy, but... <laughs> Good evening. It has been my blessing to be at El Bethel. It is a wonderful church, and it has been. It is my blessing to be in Zion Baptist tonight. Y'all have a beautiful facility. It is a wonderful place. Brother Keith has just been so welcoming and and helpful in getting us ready to preach tonight, and I appreciate that. And look forward to seeing some of you over in the uh, fellowship hall. We're not going to stay long because I need to pack, <laughs> uh, but I, uh, we will be there for a little while. I want, I want to preach tonight from Ephesians 5. So if you've got your Bible, you can turn there. Ephesians 5. And what I want to talk about is when you overflow. Uh, in other words, when, you, uh, when you're out there, not in here, because in here, when we overflow, we overflow with Jesus. Amen? Maybe not. But when we're out there and we overflow, sometimes it's not Jesus. And so I want to ask you tonight, what is, it that, what is it that people see in you that will make them want your Savior? What is it that people see in you that will make them want the Jesus that you serve? The Jesus that you have in here, how do we take that out there? Because I found out in preaching for 40-something years, I have found out that the people that are riding up 181 tonight, they could care less what we're doing in here. Matter of fact, they're wondering what's going on in here, if they wonder at all. But those people that you see every day, those people that you stand in line with at Walmart, those people that you work beside of every day, those people that you go to school with, they see something in you. And what I'm asking you tonight is what or who do they see? Who do they see? What is it that's about you that makes them want your Savior? And you say, well, this is a Thanksgiving service. I'm getting there. Just, just trust me for a little bit. The passage is in Ephesians chapter 5, and in this passage, it is a passage of contrast. In other words, it says, here's the way we're supposed to be. Here's the way we are sometimes. Here, here's the way we're supposed to be. Here's the way we are. Look with me in Ephesians 5. I'm going to begin in verse 1. 
He says, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. It's interesting to me that he talks about dear children. You ever had any children that wasn't dear? Me too. (laughs) And so he talks about that we're to be followers of God. And then he uses this word as. We're to be followers of God as dear children. That's the way we're to be. That's that's what's supposed to come out of us. We're supposed to be that. We're not supposed to be the Eddie Haskells. You've got to be a certain age to know who that is. We're not supposed to be the Eddie Haskells. We're supposed to be dear children that have a sincerity about us where people want the God that we serve. He goes on and he says, and we're to walk in love. Now, that doesn't mean we walk like this. You know what it means? The word walk means that we regulate our lives in love. It's like, I don't know where the thermostats are in here, but you go up there and, and, and you turn it up. If you're a regular Baptist church, some of you would turn it up, some of you would turn it down. But it is, a, it is where we regulate our lives. That's intentional. Hang on to that tonight because you're going you're gonna to need to hang on to it. That is intentional. That we have an intentionality about us to show Jesus to the world. You know why? Because people need the Lord. Somebody sung that tonight. And so we have that, we have that intentionality. But he goes on and he, says, and he says, we walk in love as Christ has loved us. Man, that's a, that's a hard way to walk. That we're going to love other people the way Christ loved us. And he's given himself for an offering and a sacrifice for God to a sweet smelling savor. But fornication, here's where he gets into the contrast. Now you're the follower of God, be dear children, regulate your life in love, love people the way Christ loved us, but don't be fornicators, don't have uncleanliness, don't have covetedness. And he said, don't let it be named among you. He says, let your reputation be one who loves and not one who does weird stuff. Let the people that you work with, the people out there, the people that you see every day, let them talk about you. And when they talk about you, let them talk about how loving and caring you are. And not that you've got all this weird stuff. Don't have, uh, verse 4, don't have filthiness or foolish talking or jesting and, uh, and are not convenient. Let your reputation be, however, let your reputation be giving of, what's the word? Thanks. Let your reputation be that you're a person that loves, that you're a person that cares, that you're a person that gives thanks, that you're a person that loves people. Look with me in verse 14, and it says, Awake thou that sleepest. I I, I believe it's time for the church to do that, that it's time for us to wake up, rise from the dead, give Christ, uh, let Christ's light be seen in us. Wake up, church, because the light of Christ has come into our life. That we're to, verse 16, redeem the time because the days are evil. Take advantage of the darkness in the world so that we can be light out there. But then he gets to where I want to go tonight, verse 18. And be ye being filled with the Spirit of God. Now I'm going to camp there for a little bit. Now I know what it says. It says, be filled with the Spirit of God. Look what it says in verse 18. He said, and be ye filled, be ye filled, be not drunk with wine. Why? Because it makes you look crazy. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Be ye being filled with the Spirit of God is the way I would translate that. You know why? Because we're leaky vessels. 
because we need that renewal of the Spirit of God in us day in and day out. Because sometimes we get up in the morning and we're just mean. Amen? Are y'all here tonight or not? I mean, we get up in the morning and I, I told them at El Bethel, we don't fly off the handle, but we're perched on the handle, ready to fly off. And so we get to a place like this and we say, all right, God, I've got to be intentional. I've got to be intentional about me being somebody that walks in love, me being somebody that shows Jesus, me being somebody that, uh, that, that the world wants the Savior that I, that I serve. That is a challenge tonight, to be being filled with the Spirit of God so you go out there tomorrow or this week or next week or whenever it is, and the people you bump into want the God that you serve. These verses are a Thanksgiving challenge. They're a Christmas challenge. You see, literally, our actions and our attitudes. Hang on. <laughs> our actions, our words, and our attitudes, they will either make people want Jesus or they will run them away from Jesus. Our actions... Our words, our attitudes are either going to draw people to Jesus or run people away from Jesus. And, and, and that's just a fact. It is the way it is. Our scripture says it depends on what we're being filled with, what's overflowing, what's coming out of our life. Is it an overflow of Jesus or are our lives just filled up with junk? Either way, whatever overflows gets all over everybody. Amen, amen. Whatever comes out just gets all over everybody and they begin to realize that, hey, I, I, I either want to be around that person or I don't want to be around that people, person. You ever got anybody that when you see them in Walmart, you go the other way? See, I told you. And you got people that you talk to and you, and you say, man, I tell you what, they just wear me out. Well, that's the way it is. Do people really want to be around us because we love Jesus? Because we, we show them something that the world's not showing them anymore. Do we, like the song said, do we run to darkness with the candle lit, with our candle lit? Because you see, if we don't do it, nobody else is going to. If we don't do it, then the world's going to be then the world's going to be without that message. So we overflow so others can see Christ in us. You see our faith. Our faith is supposed to say God is here. That's Emmanuel. Uh, El Bethel, I'm, I'm I'm continuing this morning service. <laughs> our faith says God is here. Our faith says He's my Savior. Our faith says, and He can be your Savior too. Man, that's a theology, isn't it? Our faith says God is here. He's my Savior, and He can be your Savior too. And so it's time that we awake out of sleep, the Bible says. Wake up, because we have the light of Christ. This whole, this whole passage begs the question, it asks us, what are we full of? <laughs> what are we filled up with? And what flows out? Every day. Not in here. I assume in here we have some hallelujah services. We have some great times. But they don't care. It's out there that matters. What flows out of our mouth? What flows out of our actions? 
What are you being filled with that determines what comes out of your mouth? I, it's that old illustration that you've heard a hundred years ago that if you got a, if you're walking with a full bucket and it gets bumped, what comes out of it? And the answer is whatever's in it. And so when you get bumped, when the road's not that easy, because you see, life is hard. It's tough. How many of you got children? Amen. Life's hard. Amen. How many of you got parents? <laughs> yeah, see, life's hard. And, 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 and if you're waiting for everything to be right before you have a hallelujah moment, you ain't never going to have hallelujah moments. And so, you get, and so we, we ask ourselves the question, what is it that I am showing to the world out of intentionality? How am I walking, regulating my life in love? Because if we're being filled with bitterness and hate and anger and aggravation and your attitude is rotten and you're just a dried up old buzzard, guess what? Can I say that in, in Zion? <laughs> I mean, you know, if we're, if we're, we're either going to be buzzards or eagles. We're either going to soar and let people see Jesus or we're just going to be an old buzzard and run people off. What do people see in you? If they're seeing bitterness, and it's, it's hard. I mean, if you watch the news, I try to have a news fast every once in a while. If you watch the news, it just sounds like the whole world's mad. It doesn't matter whether you're Republican or Democrat or whatever type of person you are. It doesn't matter whether you're for this person or against this person. Uh, everybody's mad. Somebody, somebody's needs to have some sense. Somebody needs to show love. That's you. Intentional. Intentional. And you see, if you're showing bitterness and hate, then you got your bucket under the wrong spigot. You're being filled with the wrong stuff. If you're filled with the Spirit of God and you're regulating your life to show love, then you're going to have people that are going to want the Savior that you have. This overflow, it is the key to our witness. This Thanksgiving and Christmas, we need to ask ourselves, am I going to be that buzzard or am I going to be that, 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 that eagle that's flying? You see, being filled with the Spirit is when you live out your beliefs in front of other people, not in here, but out there. And I hear you. I understand. Life is hard. I get that. I, I understand that. I, I know that the, the older I get, the more, the more weird things seem to get. I understand that. I understand that even when I had kids at home that, you know, you had more, you had more stuff to do than you had hours in the day. Sometimes you got more months than you do money. A lot of times your health just goes south. Sometimes people just get on your last nerve. Amen. I know that it's hard. And so you have to be intentional with it. And I'm asking you, are you up to this challenge? Because if we're not, we're sunk. It's our responsibility. It's us that are supposed to be being filled with the Spirit, uh, with the Spirit of God. And so this Thanksgiving, well, I'm asking you, who do people see in you? What do you, what do you give that people want as far as your Savior? I grew up on a cotton mill hill. 
Uh, any of y'all ever worked in a cotton mill? Ah, oh, hey man. They called us lint heads. <laughs> and we uh, and I grew up on a cotton mill hill, and, and it was like the Andy Griffith show because on the mill hill we had the we had the mill hill drunk, and we had the mill hill person that did this, and the mill hill. But we had one person that just really showed himself about every day. Do y'all know what that means to show yourself? Pitch a fit. And he would pitch a fit all the time. And you know what I remember about him? I remember that he showed himself. I'm 67. And I remembered that he pitched a fit. What will people remember about you? What will they remember about you? It'll be your attitude, your words, and your actions. Those three things. Your kids. What will they remember about you? What will they remember? It's important that we be being filled with the Spirit of God. You see, we need to show ourselves We need to have a Baptist fit. (laughs) We need to be at a place to where people see that that this thing in our life is genuine, this thing of Christianity, this person of Jesus Christ. We need to be thankful to be alive. We need to be thankful to have food to feed our families. We need to be thankful to have friends and family. We need to be thankful that we can come out to church tonight. There's a lot of people that can't. We need to be thankful that we can uh, that we can see the sunrise in the morning. We need to be thankful that you can hug your neighbor tonight. You need to be thankful that you can say to your kids, I love you. We need to be thankful. And when we're not thankful, then what are we being? What is, what is it that people are seeing? This Thanksgiving, we ask ourselves, are we buzzards or are we eagles? Another old illustration that I heard a long, long time ago that fits here anyway is this lady went to sleep one night, and, and while she went to sleep, she, uh, she saw this figure, deformed figure at the foot of her bed, and it scared her, and... <laughs> And she said, who are you? And the, and the ugly figure said, I'm Jesus. And she woke up. And it went on for two or three nights. And, and the figure just stood there and it was, it was ugly. It was just so deformed. Who are you? And, and, and the figure said, I'm Jesus. And, and she said, no, my Jesus is the bright and morning star. He's the lily of the valley. He's, he's beautiful. And, and how can you be Jesus? And you know the story. And then the figure said this, I'm the Jesus that other people see in you. You see, that's powerful. Out there. It's powerful out there. Because we're on mission out there. That's who we are. And if if we're not on mission out there, then who is? Who is on mission out there? 
You, 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 you see, our, our passage says in verse 19 and 20, it's not going to be on the board, but in verse 19 and 20, it says we're to be speaking to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord. That is that we're to have an overflow of thanksgiving. Now, I don't believe that that means that I walk up to Brother Keith and I say, how are you today? An amazing grace, how sweet the sound. They would they just think we're weird. But I do believe that it means that when we're out there, that they know that there's something different in us. I mean, we don't have to get all weirded out with it, but they know that there's something different in us. And so I want to challenge you this Thanksgiving and Christmas. Be thankful this Thanksgiving and Christmas for who you have and what you have. All the way till the end of the year, and you can go on further than that, but at least all the way to the end of the year, just be thankful for who you have and what you have from now till the end of the year so that the candle that you hold up, that it will be seen by other people and see if it doesn't change your life. Just to be able to, uh, this Thursday, whenever, uh, whenever you're sitting down to Thanksgiving meal or when you've got your family around, just to be thankful that they are there and see if it doesn't change your attitude. And I tell you what, if it begins to change your attitude, there may be some people that will say, who are you and what did you do with my daddy? <laughs> who are you and what did you do with my parents? Who are you and what did you do with my child? Because you see, they just don't expect us to be excited and at peace. That you're thankful. That you overflow with Christ. It's a hallelujah. It's a praise the Lord. It's a quiet cry of joy. It's a peace that you are loved by God. It's a tear at the birth of a child. It's a hug from a good friend. It's a painting that you're looking at or a poem that you've just read. It can look, it, it can be a look where somebody looks at you and just says, I love you. It can be a psalm, a hymn, a spiritual song, and it overflows with thanksgiving. It is when Fanny Crosby she couldn't handle it anymore and began to write, Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. And it just overflowed in the writing. And she said, This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Man, I tell you what, she wasn't a buzzard, amen. <laughs> but what do people see from you out there? Because we express outwardly out there what we feel inwardly in here. How many of you are fans of, of uh, Pooh Bear? Y'all yeah. know Eeyore? Sometimes I wonder if we aren't Eeyores. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing fine. But I won't be this afternoon. You doing okay? Well, not really. <laughs> and, and I don't think we have to, and I saw them this morning at El Bethel, I don't think we have to put on a Robert Shuler smile, and you tells my age knowing him, 
But, but I don't think we have to put on something fake because who we serve is real. And I don't think we have to go out and, and say, Hallelujah, praise the Lord, and shake my hand and let me smile. But man, we ought to be able to do better than we do. Because those people out there need the Lord. They need the Lord. So, are we to have an overflowing spirit? When do we have that overflowing spirit? You're not going to like this answer. I didn't like it. In verse 20... I'm glad the Bible said it and I didn't have to by myself. In verse 20 it says, Giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, I would have been all right if he hadn't have said always and in all things. You mean I can't even be mean every once in a while? I can't fly off the handle every once in a while? I, I'm going I'm to be honest with you. I haven't, I haven't grown into that verse yet. <laughs> oh, and neither have you. I haven't got to that place to where I'm thankful always and in all things. I try to be. Uh, Justin said we're flying to, we're actually flying to Athens and then to Israel. And, and all of that. And you know, we've got to deal with airlines. Do you know they can make your nerves hurt? And I suspect you've got some people that make your nerves hurt too. What are you going to do about it? I mean, God, uh, uh, the good news is this, is that life is hard, but... It's not the absence of problems that brings us peace. It's the presence of Jesus. And we have him. He is our savior. He is Christ the Lord. Of all the people that are out there, of all the people that we know, he is is the one that brings us the life that we need. The good news is, is is that we have found in Jesus Christ the one who is with us in the midst of the storms. Lo, he's with us always, even to the ends of the earth. And the good news is this, is that we are not in this thing alone. <clears throat> sometimes the devil puts us in a pity party. And that sometimes there's a whole lot of people come to that party. But the, but the devil puts us into a pity party. And when he does, <clears throat> when he puts us in that pity party, we figure out that we're just by ourselves. Nobody cares. Nobody, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost waiting to hear sometimes in the church I pastor, brother, I'm almost waiting to hear some people break out into a song that says, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. And I don't mean to belittle it. We all go through tough times. I understand that. But man, He's Lord. He's our Savior. He's God. We're to be people of love, people of faith, people of thanksgiving. 
We're to be those people that to where we are. As it says in verse 21, we're submitting ourselves one to another in the fear of God. We're submitting ourselves one to another. I, I want to I tell you tonight, I love, I love the local church. I mean, I mean, it is in the local church that I find my greatest joy. It's in the local church that I find, that I find joy being among God's people. It's a wonderful thing. And, and I know, I know, I get it. I, 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 I've been in church and I'm not naive. I know that in church everything doesn't go all right all the time. Sometimes people want blue carpet instead of red carpet. And sometimes people are buzzards instead of eagles. And sometimes things just go haywire. I get it. I've been in a few Baptist business meetings. (laughs) But I love the local church. At 67 years old, if I had to do this all over again, I've been preaching since I was 20 a little bit years old. If I had it to do all over again, I'd do it all over again. I love the church. I get it. We're weird sometimes. I've said, I said in lots of deacons meetings, if you get five Baptists together, you got nine opinions. Amen and amen. And every family, whether it's a church family or whether it's, a, or whether it's your family, every family has its share of buzzards. You don't have to name them. <laughs> the challenge for you is to be the eagle and not let the buzzard get your, get your goat. The challenge for you is to run and not be weary, as that scripture says. God's church is needed today. There are, there are so many things going on out there, so many churches that are going downhill, so many churches that are going south, so many churches that are losing members, so many churches that can't make their budgets like I preached this morning. But we are needed in this world. Your children need the church. And in needing that church, in needing that church, they're looking to you to show to them that this is a good place to be and you're excited about it. That you love this local church. I get it. I mean, uh, the church, we are courageous people. We're deeply bothered by the horrors of living in a world that's gone crazy. We, we look honestly at every struggle. We sometimes feel overwhelmed by what we see in the, in the media or in life itself. But we emerge. We come back to life. We are prepared to, uh, to go out there with a living Savior in our heart. We have a desire to be godly. We have a dogged determination to be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. We're scared Sometimes I get scared sometimes and, and, and we're troubled, but we are deeply loving people. Our belief is, is that the suffering of this present world is not worthy to be compared to the glory that we're going to see in heaven. And we know that if God be for us, no one could be against us. So we go out there and we show Jesus. Or do we? Because it's a challenge. It's a challenge. Like never before, the church must let others see Jesus in us out there. All the people from El Bethel are saying, you've been preaching that for eight months. 
yeah, and Justin said my time was at an end, so so I'm going to preach it for six more months. So. Out there, at your Thanksgiving gathering, at your Christmas family event, I've said a hundred times at Christmas, prettiest lights at Christmas sometimes are the tail lights going out of the driveway. <laughs> See, I told you I'm human. (laughs) On your job, at your school, the church is, is an amazing place to be filled with the Spirit of God and to let others see Jesus in us. And I'll close with this in a moment. The church is to stand against evil. Amen and amen. To preach the word of God as the inerrant, infallible word of holy God. To fulfill the sovereign call of God in Zion Baptist Church and El Bethel. And I don't know the other churches that are here. But of all the churches that are here, we fulfill the call of God in Burke County and beyond. We preach the word in season and out of season. We hold fast to the doctrine of the Bible. And we know that since God is for us that no one can stand against us. We know that the devil is a defeated enemy, defeated by the blood of Jesus Christ. We know all of that, but I believe more than ever before, more than ever before, out there, people are looking for for something real. Reality. Out there, people are looking for victory in Jesus power in the blood, blessed assurance, all of those things. But, but, but I, I'm relatively sure that Congress isn't going to show them that. I, I'm, I'm almost certain that the president, no matter who he or she is, is not going to show them that. Because you see, here's what the Bible says. If my people are called by my name. If we humble ourselves, if we pray, if we seek his face, if we turn from our wicked ways, he will heal our land. So he's not waiting on the White House. He's waiting on our house. Our people. You see, what I'm asking you tonight is this. You are the church. The living Christ has chosen you, Zion Baptist, El Bethel, whoever else is here. The thing I, the thing I want you to hear is that, the, is that the holy God of the universe, the one who created everything, he has chosen you for just such a time as this. He wants you to be here. I, I've said it a thousand times. I've said it at El Bethel. I've said it at Olivet where we were, or at Berkmont where we were for so long. I've said it many, many times. I, I think 
I think it would have been it would have been much simpler, uh, Brother Keith, to have been a pastor back in the forties and fifties when when every and I know I've got some preachers that are going to fuss at me for this, but they uh, when everybody came to church when there was Wednesday night when you didn't have to worry about the schools competing with the churches and when you had uh, Sunday nights and Sunday morning when Sunday schools and people wore pins down to uh, down to their knees where they hadn't missed a Sunday and you had all of those things that take place and I think it had been great you had revivals and everybody came into the church and nothing was competing with the church out there and you had a revival and the church was full and it was scalding hot and you had funeral fans but people still came and they got to know Jesus but we don't live in that day anymore we don't live there anymore and so if they're not going to come in here we got to go out there We've got to be salt and light. Giving thanks always for all things out there and be the church of Jesus Christ. May our families, may those we love, may those we care for, may our coworkers, may our neighbors, may they want the Christ that we have. I was talking to my son not too long ago and uh, and I was asking him what he uh, remembered about growing up. And he said, I remember that we went to church. And I remember when we went on vacation, we went to church. And I thought, okay, surely there's more to it than that. I mean, that's pretty routine. Amen? I mean, to come to church? Maybe it's not as routine as it used to be. But this is the greatest compliment he's ever given me. He said, Daddy, what I remember most is that the way you were at home and the way you were in the pulpit was the same. Amen. And the way you are in church and the way you are at home is the same. And they will want the God that you serve. They will want that God. And so I'm asking you to come tonight. And to be salt and light. Come and give your heart to Christ if you're lost. Don't be ashamed to come and and be saved tonight. I'm asking you to go back out there and to be eagles instead of buzzards. I ask you to come and tell Christ, I want to be your church. I don't want to just attend church. I want to be the church out there. I want to show my family that this thing of Christianity is real. I, I want to. I, I, I ask you tonight to let it be a renewal of your faith this Thanksgiving and this Christmas season and to take your candle and go out into the world as the choir was singing and to be able to say, I know everything's not exactly the way I want it to be. I realize that in this, in this crazy world that things go haywire sometimes. But I want you to know that in this world, even though we have tribulation, I'm going to be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. And when we can do that, 
people will want our Jesus. I'm going to ask you to stand. Brother Keith, if you would come, and organist and pianist are going to come, and we're going to sing a hymn of invitation. And I know the time's getting away, and, and, I, and I just ask you that if you need to come to this altar and just say, God, I want to be light this Thanksgiving and Christmas. I want to be salt and, and light this Thanksgiving and Christmas. And maybe you just need to pray for someone that, you, that, you have, uh, uh, that you've given up on and you just want to be a witness to them. Just make a commitment tonight that when we go out there that we're going to be different. I'll go ahead and tell you this. I got to singing that song this morning and I got plum excited. Amen. When I stop and think how good God's been to me and how little I deserve it, it causes me to want to praise the Lord. It ought to cause us to want to praise the Lord. Thank you for that wonderful message, preacher. Steve Ross, where are you? He's representing Morganton Freedom Church of God. He's going to come and lead us in our benediction, our prayer uh, over the meal. And we just want you to know that we're so thrilled that you're here tonight. You go on out there and enjoy yourself. Let's fellowship. Uh, with each other uh, and let this just continue what a wonderful the Bible says something like this how good and pleasant it is when God's people dwell together in unity and uh, you've gathered together tonight to do that so Steve you come on preacher thank you uh, for that wonderful message thank you for coming and just blessing our hearts thank you El Bethel for sharing us or sharing him uh, with us uh, tonight Steve let me say a thank you to Zion uh, for hosting this event. We appreciate it. Uh, just good to see this good crowd here. How many of you appreciate the word tonight? Let's just say thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege to be in your house, and we thank you for your word that we've heard. Let us all take heed to it. Let us take it to heart and help us to let our lives line up with your word wherever we are. At all times, just help us to represent you well in this world. And Lord, we thank you for this gathering. I pray your blessing on every family represented. pray that you'll help us to please you. Bless the dinner today. Bless those who prepared it. We thank you for it. We ask your blessings upon it all. And again, we praise you for this service and for all your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. According to your will, for your glory. Amen.